Thanks for downloading this podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The home of endurance racing. RadioLeMans.com. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindorf. Welcome along to another long one here on RadioLamont.com. And I'm sitting down about to have a coffee with Romulo Liebchen from Audi uh, Sport Customer Racing. Uh, Romulo, first of all, welcome to Radio Le Mans. Thank you for your time. Uh, this weekend at Bathurst will be your last race in uh, your current posi- position. Before we go any further, I need to ask you, why is now the right time to step away? Yeah, maybe it's surprising for many people now because uh, the program of Audi customer racing is really successful and uh, so it, it grew very well within the last years. But in the end, the decision is coming from the private side. As you can imagine, you spend a lot of weekends on racetracks in, and, and now with the... Uh, growth we we got within the last years and being present all over the globe uh, you can imagine that you have to spend a lot of time on racetracks and, uh, and this is definitely yeah uh, my family they didn't like it so much and uh, finally I took the decision that uh, now I will do some changes and I will more focus on the family. Let's take you back then to the start of your career how did you get involved in motorsport and was that with Audi? Yeah, so my first job started at Audi, the 1st of October 1989, and it started directly at Audi Sport, which also was not planned at that time, but uh, uh, I was asking for a job as an engine designer at that time at Audi, but uh, then when I came for the interview, they told me, oh, Mr. Liebchen, maybe we should have told you, but we don't have the job you asked for. So in the first moment, I was a little disappointed, (laughs) but then uh, they said, yeah, we have something for you within motorsports. Uh, Could this be an option for you? And then, okay, I was interested, and uh, finally it was really, uh, it was very interesting for me and then I decided yes I will go into motor racing and at this time Audi Sport was uh, still at the main Audi factory Uh, it was at Ingolstadt yes definitely at that time we have been working on the Audi 90 IMSA GTO so I spent a few weeks with with this car so uh, unfortunately then at I think end of November it was decided to stop the program in US, <laughs> so it, it worries me for for a few moments. But uh, yeah, okay, it was very clear that uh, Audi's commitment to motor racing also at that time was very strong, and uh, the bosses have been looking for opportunities. And, uh, and only a little time later, it was clear that we will go into DTM with the Audi V8. And yeah, and this was the first car I, I worked uh, on Audi Sport from the very beginning. Yeah. Always with Audi, however, you've been involved with the customer side of things. So with 
the GTO cars with DTM there's a heavy influence from the customer side of things so when how long was it before customer uh, Audi Sport Customer Racing was formed and was it almost a natural fit for you yeah. to to move over into that uh, into that new department yeah in the end I think the story with the focus on us customer racing started with the idea of Audi to build a, a, a road sports car and uh, then I was lucky because I was sent into the this team uh, uh, which have been which has planned the the, the, the road car. Uh, so the Audi uh, at that time it was the Audi Le uh, Mans Quattro. I yeah. think that was the official name of, of the yes. show car. And uh, within these investigations, for me personally, it became clear if Audi will produce a car like that then we have to look for options in gt racing so this was before the r8 was actually yes. even born yes. so that the, the concept i think there was the lamon and the nuvolari wasn't there the two concepts yeah there have been some concepts at that time and, uh, and at that time dr pefkin was the responsible uh, person in in the board for for r d and uh, he went to dr Uli and said dr Uli, please take care about that they're the racing genes are existing in a car uh, like that, and and so I was the person to take care about that. As a as a project manager, the the whole thing, or at is that time there was taken, there was no decision taken for that. It was only clear that Audi would like to to create a, a sports car, and then and then in the second step, Dr. Pefken, he already thought. F further on and, and, and for him I think it was also clear that if, if a car like that will be created by Audi then it's very likely that there will be some racing activities with a car like that. That was a very big and quite a bold decision for Audi. Uh, yeah. They hadn't had a, what we would call a halo car, yeah. a, a very top of the range sports car yeah. before. Did you, feel, did you feel pressure being given that responsibility to help develop that into into a real car from a concept? No, not at all, because um, at that time, I think not many people there really had an idea where it could go. So, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, uh, I th so if, if, you, if I make up my mind, or think about the, the time, uh, in the end, it was one logical step after the other. So I think we didn't reinvent the wheel in, in, in a new way. So we only tried to yeah, to do the job. And, and I think there was nothing very special how we did it. So, yeah. But you came up with a very, very special car. A car that even now it's just changed to the, the new model in the street and in the racetrack mm. but the original car still looks fresh it still looks correct in mm. all its dimensions mm. and of course it had to have quattro and it had originally the v8 engine did you feel were you happy with that original inspiration and with that original delivery of that of that concept that became the r8 yeah, so it was a quite uh, intense discussion with the people of design and road car. And uh, so I must say we have been very lucky at, at that time that we could take some influence on, on, on the road car because uh, the preferred design uh, ideas of, 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 the, of the road car at that time they wouldn't not have been good for motor racing. Mm -hmm. so, so even at that point you were yeah. already thinking 
this this will become a race car sometime in the future. If you create a mid-engine car, it has to race. <laughs> <laughs> so otherwise, it makes no sense, I would say, because then uh, if you do, don't want uh, to, to go racing with the car like that, I think then you should uh, focus on a different concept. Okay. The car didn't come out as a racing car immediately. No. The street car was like a breath of fresh air, as we would say in English, something completely different. It was released to critical and public acclaim, then came the convertible, the Spider, then the move to the, the 5.2 V10 engine, and then the race cars. We started to see the race cars coming through. Why the slight... If, if as you say, the decision was, let's make this a, a race car, why the slight delay between the launch of the streetcar and the racing car becoming becoming a reality? You know, at that time, I think for Audi, it was a big goal to, to make it happen for the road cars. So uh, if you look at uh, the situation, how to set up production, uh, how to set up anyway the business for a sports car, because so far there never has been a product like that. So it's, it, it, for, for Audi, this creates a situation which was, which was completely new. And so at that time, Everybody was focused on, on, on the road car, how to get the business organized with the road car. And uh, racing was priority too at that time. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I think it's, it's a logical decision because when you, when you bring the, the road car on the market the first time, uh, I think there is so much focus on this car. So it, it doesn't make sense to immediately to, to, to bring a race version because then attraction is, is, is diluted, is, is, mm. is divided up. Mm. And in the end, I think you cannot achieve what you really could achieve. When the race car came out, well, GT3 was just getting underway yeah. as as the the R8 and the R8 LMS first came out. Was there any thought before GT3 started to take off? Was there any thought that that could have been a GTE car rather than a GT3 car? Yeah. So uh, we already before that we already uh, had some uh, thoughts about uh, entering GT racing. Uh, so at that time, mainly driven uh, with an idea, uh, yeah, or driven by the idea of Dr. Pefkin, uh, it could be done with the Lamborghini Gallardo. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this this was the time where I yeah was in charge of doing some investigation how to create a GT2 at that time, mm -hmm. a GT2 version of, uh, out of the Lamborghini Gallardo. Uh, but finally then... It, it was not decided, and uh, so and, and then we uh, he came back more to the idea how we can do something together with Audi, mm. and so. But there have been some thoughts, and then uh, at that time, uh, I think uh, when it was for me, it was clear that GT3 might be, let's say, uh, might be a solution for which uh, has a good uh, could have a good future in in, in motor racing. Uh, I think there was no need to to to, to go a parallel way in, with GT2 and GT3. Mm. Uh, and nevertheless, there was at that time nothing was existing, you know. So mm. uh, you have to concentrate on one thing. And for me, it was clear. I always said, if we enter the GT racing business, then we have to enter in GT3, which 
was a masterful stroke mm. of forward thinking because GT3 exploded yeah. worldwide. And the Audi R8, in original form, you sold how many cars? Uh, we built, we have produced 137 cars of the R8 LMS. And uh, yeah, we sold close to 130. The rest was in internal use, you know, for yeah, racing in our hand or driving experience, exhibition cars and so on. That was a pretty good bet then to say GT3, this is the thing we need to yeah. go to. I, I mean, did it even surprise you that GT3 grew and grew so quickly into the global force that it is now? No, I think it was not surprising because uh, in the end... What made you think that it would then? Because you were very sure right from the yeah, beginning. Yeah. So why, what did you think, aha, this is the concept that will work? Yeah, because it, 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 you always will end up with the money. So, and if you compare a GTLM or GTE car now and nowadays uh, to a GT3 car, it's, it's obvious that uh, there's a big gap uh, which is mainly uh, caused by the money and not by performance or by technical issues so and and everybody is struggling with the money so mm. uh, so you have to focus on a, on a solution which is affordable so mm. and because of that uh, GTE and GTLM is not an option so throughout this and, and sorry, you could see that in, in Daytona now. Yes, so the first time now that, uh, let's say, uh, there, there was a, a certain number of, of GTLM cars and GT3 cars uh, being in one race, and you know that it easily could be done that GT3 cars could be quicker okay. than GTE cars. So, so throughout all this time, uh, whilst the R8 became a race car and had that phenomenal success, what was your role? Were you still effectively head of project? And, and, and when did customer racing actually be formally a department at Audi Sport? Yeah. So the decision was taken in, in the beginning of 2008 that I will take over the project customer racing based on GT3. So and, and this was the time when I started as the first person. And uh, then uh, this was in, I think, in, in January 2008. And then in August, the second person came. But within that time, I already started uh, the, the development uh, for the car with external partners. Uh, and uh, because internal resources have not been existing because they all have been focused on, on Le Mans and, and, and DTM, so I had to find a, another solution. And then uh, we have been able to build up a small group of people uh, who have been dedicated for the customer racing program. And it was so we have been uh, organized within Audi Sport, so it was not a not a special department for for customers and we ran it as as a project mm -hmm. so and uh okay then we came to the market with with 12 cars in in 2009 and uh yeah it grew slowly and uh and how important was it for you to build a relationship with the customer teams i've seen you all over the world different continents mm -hmm. uh speaking to teams right up until this weekend that's what you yeah. you're here for was that was that did you think an important part of your job right from the beginning i would say one was was one of the most important things in in, in our business because so i think the easier way easier goal is to 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 create the car 
So, okay. So if if you know a little about race cars, and I think at Audi we know a little, so <laughs> it's not so difficult. You only have to do the job, of course. Uh, it's still a lot of work, but uh, in the end it's not so difficult. And at that time the question was, how can we enter the business? Because at that time, it, for me, it was clear that there's one company that dominate customer racing yeah. and uh, it will be very very difficult as a newcomer to enter the business and to, uh, to get the attention of customers so uh, it was clear that the only way to, to enter the business is to have a good product and to give a good support and maybe even to give the better support so this is this was the strategy in the end so and you built that up by talking to the teams directly and building so, that infrastructure again from the bottom upwards yeah. i think in this business very much is going over personal relationship it starts with the customers it goes on with promoters journalists everybody so i think this is something you have to 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 work on to uh, to have this personal relationship to build up uh, a, a situation people trust you they believe you and and i think this step by step creates a situation that you can be successful you, you talk about the development you build the car okay yeah. as you say if you've got the skills that's not too easy yeah. you then begin to build the infrastructure yeah. to support the car which is fine when yeah. you've got one two maybe three teams, yeah. 12 cars, yeah. but then all of a sudden you've got 100 cars yeah. out there and you've got teams all over the world. So you can't stand still. You have no. to keep building. Yeah, of course. Uh, that This is w w was one of the major goals at that time now, to, to find partners. How can we organize the business? Because it was also clear that we cannot run the business completely out of Germany. Mm. So we have to find partners. For example, as we are here in Australia, uh, uh, so we talked to people Mark Eddy was one of, of the persons who gave us a lot of help to, to understand the country so then uh, yeah, we got in contact with MPC we had talks to them and, and finally yeah, we started to build up something we did something similar in Japan we went there we, we, we had a look at the situation then finally we, we got a partner Nova Engineering and, and we had similar things in US and, and in China as well so to, to, to build up something beside the, the, the main organization in, in Germany to, to make it happen and then you have to have a new car <laughs> because the R8 comes to the end of its life on yeah. the street and therefore you have to think about putting the new car together how long ago or how long back does that start does that start again with the design of the new streetcar and being intimately involved with that and this was not a big difference to, to the old car so the old car was existing i only could take little influence on the car for example with the rear suspension so i was been able to so convince uh, the road car development to, to go to the double wishbone suspension and not to stay with the 
the suspension uh, type which was designed at that time for the Lamborghini Gallardo and also with, with a little aero changes on the car. So with the new car now it was different because now we already learned each other so people from road car development and race car development. So they, then they also trusted us because in the beginning they have been a little afraid about us. Oh, what are these guys doing with the road car? And, you know, <laughs> And uh, but they understood very uh, very soon that uh, it's a big chance for them. So, for example, if you look at engine development, mm. so now power increased significantly now for the new for the new model, and this also came out of the experience they made with our race engines because yes. they had a look at. So, for example, when we did the 24 hours after the race, we sent them the engine. They had a look at it. Mm. So they say, ah, here it looks good. This looks good. Ah, this. this this thing maybe we have been worried it's, it seems not to be a problem mm -hmm. so and, and and this helped them a lot to uh, to go more into the details and and to to optimize everything and then uh, there are a lot of other things we had on the car, for example, with the, with the chassis of the car or with, with the suspension of the car. So if you look at the, the wishbones for, of the first generations, they are quite strong. And, 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 but, yeah, because nobody really knows uh, exactly what are the requirements then over the lifetime for a car like that. But now they learned together with us, and, and, and then for the new generation, they could go much better to the limits yes so and then this is uh, let's say a uh, big evolution now so we, maybe in the first moment you don't see it on a new car but in, if you have a second look on the car you see that every detail is optimized and then when you sit in the new road car you feel it immediately that's a new car and that it's a much better car one of the things that hasn't changed throughout the life of the r8 as a racing car is the incredible reliability that you've had from the engine. Yeah. The engine, as you say, very, very similar to the, to the road car. And some of these racing cars have clocked up incredible racing mileages, many yeah. tens of thousands of kilometres. Yeah. That clearly suggests that the road car engine is very, very good yeah. in, indeed. Was that something that you were really pleased about, that that reliability that legendary Audi reliability from the street could be transferred to the to the track. Yeah, this was I would say something which was one of the key points uh, for our success because uh, this helped us dramatically reduce running costs. And uh, in the end, now for for many teams who took the decision to change the brand. This which is a big decision uh, for a team. Yeah. Uh, now we, 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 we have got new teams. They, they run with another brand for yeah, almost decades. So and now, uh, let's say after 10, 15, 20 years racing with, a, with one brand, take the decision. Now we change, I think. Yeah, so this is uh, yeah, a difficult decision for them, I would say. And, but it was mainly caused by this, that, uh, that the running costs uh, in the end uh, are cheaper then. Was there ever a thought of running the V8 engine in the GT3 car? No, because the power output of the of the V8 road car engine was not enough. At that time, we already have been close to 500 horsepower, or this was what you, what you need. And uh, so uh, th this would have meant that if you stay with the V8, which on one side would, nice, would be nicer because of less weight, and yes. uh, 
but uh, it, it would have been clear that you have to tune the engine and then immediately cost raise and so you're out of the business. So it was, and this was another reason why we had to wait to enter the GT3 racing business because the, the car was launched with the V8 yes. and not with the V10. So and we had to wait until the v- V10 was in the road car. And then got the homologation, yes, yeah. exact, exactly so. As you look back now on your time with this project and with uh, Audi Customer Sport, um, you've done a lot of work all the way around the world. You, the whole business has moved to a new facility now. You're not at Ingolstadt anymore. You have the purpose-built mm-hmm. facility. Um, what are your proudest moments when you look back is it particular race wins is it the delivery of particular parts of the project what is it that makes you Romelu Legion happy and proud about being involved yeah maybe it's the thing that uh, at that time in, in 2007 2008 when it it became clear that there could be something like that uh, and then we had some discussion and at that time I also made up my mind maybe I should do something different now than racing and I already had an opportunity but then Mr. Dick uh, who was the, the resp- responsible board uh, member for R&D he, he told me uh, I would like to, uh, you should stay with within racing and I would like you to to build up the the customer racing program and uh, so I said yes I will do this and uh, because I always dreamt a little about that and and so getting this opportunity and now after let's say after eight years of work uh, to see that it's existing and that we are really accepted in the market as as one of the brands uh, you have to be with so this makes me proud and with all the story of course winning all now winning all the prestigious endurance races winning a lot of championships being the number one in sales on the market and so yeah, of course you have the whole story I think makes me proud yeah. it could have been a very different story imagine if you'd got the original job you'd gone for and not not gone to motor racing that that may have been a completely different story we were talking about now yeah but that's always in life uh, sometimes it comes different <laughs> <laughs> it certainly does now what are you going to be doing when you uh, when you leave Audi customer racing you're not leaving Audi no I'm, I'm also not leaving Quattro GmbH so I will be inside Quattro GmbH but I can't tell you now what I will do but, <laughs> but maybe in a few months then more special projects super special projects it, it, it's a little special and okay maybe we have to check out now something but uh, I can't tell you so it's not really clear if, uh, where we will end up but uh, this is now this is the thing which uh, attracts me you so know? This, dri- this is a new challenge that is driving yeah. you and the good news is we're not losing you from excitement in motor cars your skills, your talent your vision continues within housing. I hope so and maybe I also can give a little yeah, not advice, but maybe can give my thoughts to, to, to the people. So, of course, I will watch the situation and, and uh, I will have an idea or I will have an opinion to some points. And maybe if they want to and if, yeah, then we can discuss about And you leave Audi Sport Customer Racing in tremendous health. Uh, your customers around the world, I'm sure, will be sad to see you go. It's Chris Renke who's going to be stepping into your shoes. Do you have maybe some small advice for Chris coming in as to 
as to how to continue the success? I think everybody has to find his own way. So, and I think it also doesn't make sense uh, to tell him this is the style of Romulo Lipkin, and now you have to follow uh, this style. So, now things will change, and uh, so he has to find his way. If he's asking for some advice, I can give him, and <laughs> if not, he has to do it his own way. So, but uh, yeah. As it is always, uh, I think if you take the decision now uh, to to stop or to quit, then you, you really have to do it yes. and, and 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 leave him alone. Yes. Romelu, on behalf not only of myself but sports car enthusiasts, endurance racing enthusiasts around the world, thank you very much for what you have brought to us. You have brought us excitement, and you have brought us motor cars that have raised our blood pressure, our heart rate, and in my case, my voice, quite a lot. Thank you very much, Romulo Leibchen, for your contribution and for your time with him. Yeah, thank you. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.